Well, today we have quite a passage. Um, the thing to know about this passage is when we are interpreting scripture, there are about seven factors we need to keep in mind. Who wrote it? When was it written? Who was it written for? What community was it intended to strengthen in faith? What does the social context? Have any key words or concepts changed in the last 2,000 years? What is the literary form? And how has the church made sense of it over the years? Well, today is a passage that the context that St. Paul was writing to in the Galatians is so different from how we hear it today. And so we really need to take a moment to explain that. It's a little confusing, so I made a chart. I put it here so as Andrea is reading it, you can follow along. I'm sorry I couldn't write any bigger. The Galatians were brought into the faith by St. Paul. They are Gentiles, but a bunch of Jewish Christians have gone after St. Paul and they're saying, no, to be a Christian, you need to follow all the tenets of the law. And St. Paul is, this is what the whole letter is about, and he reaches the rhetorical highlight of it in this passage where he sets up an allegory <laughs> comparing um, some events in Genesis between Abraham's two children, Ishmael and Isaac. Okay, but when we hear Israel, all this, we're going to be thinking of Jewish and Muslim people, and that is not what he's talking about at all. He's talking about two different ways of understanding how to be Christian. And so he's comparing the Judaizing Christian missionaries who are telling the Gentiles they have to be Jewish in order to be Christian. He calls them slave to the laws. He equates them with Hagar and Ishmael. He says they live in the flesh, and he compares them to the earthly Jerusalem, which is currently being ruled by the Romans. He says, you Galatians who are Gentile Christians, you are freed by Christ. But he's making an argument through the law, still respecting the law. He compares them with Sarah and Isaac. He says they are the people of the promise or of the spirit. And they are like the heavenly Jerusalem, which is ruled by God. Okay, you got all that? I know you've been standing a while. I'm sorry. But... This is not an anti-Jewish or an anti-Muslim passage. Please keep that in mind. The whole point is about freedom, freedom in Christ. That's what I'm going to be preaching about, freedom in Christ. Well, I mean, I could have given you a whole treatise on what to expect in that reading, too. But, you know, we, gotta, we have to stop at some point. So ask about that if that wasn't clear. But real quick, you know... The Queen of the South, that's the Queen of Sheba. She was not a Christian. She was not a Jew, but she recognized that God was doing something through Solomon. The Ninevites had been a sinful people, but through Jonah, they came to repent. They were not Jewish. They were not Christian, yet they saw God working. And he's now, Jesus is saying to those people, you know, God sent his son. The son of man is here. And you are not seeing that. But back to our first reading. This passage in the letter to the Galatians is the rhetorical highlight of Paul's letter. But because of our very different context, it really loses its oomph with us. But the core point of this passage and of the whole letter of the Galatians is freedom in Christ. Now, freedom is a word that we hear a lot in this country. 
And we hear it in a very different way than it's used in the idea of moral theology. We think of it in a national, a secular dialogue. But freedom in Christ is not a freedom from anything. It's not this idea of freedom from tyranny or freedom from convention or freedom from other people's expectations. It's a freedom towards something. It's having the freedom to do the right thing, the freedom to do the Christian thing. So many people talk about freedom as the ability to be autonomous, you know, to do whatever I want. And I think it's really funny. It seems like the people who talk the most about that kind of freedom are the ones who dress like everybody else and act like everybody else. It's kind of ironic. But for Jews and Jewish Christians, the law was a good thing, the law of the Old Testament, because it provided them a structure in order to grow in the relationship with God. If they did these things, then they would be free to grow in relationship with God. But for the Galatians who were Gentiles, the idea of following all of the prescription of the Old Testament law would not have been a structure for freedom. It would have kept them from growing in the relationship with God. So the question today for us What are the boundaries in your life that help you to grow as a Christian? The boundaries that help you. Certain behaviors you know that if you don't do that, you will lead a healthier, more fruitful life. And what are the boundaries that you've set up in your life that are holding you back from growing as a Christian? Sometimes I think we use our secular freedoms as an excuse not to exercise our religious freedom. 